Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you'll find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers. Hi, my name is Rajasimhan. Welcome to the State of the Economy podcast. In this episode, we will talk about what gophers trouble means to the Indian aviation sector. In the last 3 decades, the Indian aviation industry has witnessed many airlines including NEPC, Kingfisher, Modilift and Jet Airways entering the sector with a bang but failing to stay in the business for long. The latest being Go First, which in the recent months has been facing trouble and even sought voluntary insolvency. What does this episode of an airline threatening to go off the radar mean for the Indian aviation industry? Begovindarajan of Thirwin Management with over 3 decades of experience in the aviation sector throws more light on the issue. Let's listen to what he has to say. Mr. Govind, it's almost every 2-3 years we find one scheduled Indian airline packing off uh, with the gophers being the greatest recent one uh, i just want to understand how worrying is this for the country's aviation sector uh absolutely right every two years we see one one airline suddenly going for a toss as a matter of fact when this started happening we used to make fun saying that indian airlines go in alphabetical order in the sense If you really go back in 1990 when the aviation was opened up we never called them as scheduled airlines we called them as air taxis to start with okay at the initial stage there might have been certain challenges so people like asiatic airlines damania eastwest modilift nepc they all came with a lot of expectations but unfortunately they could not sustain but what is really worrying today is big airlines we have seen very big airline the most popular airline packing off 3 years back and now almost after 16 years another airline is going for a closure like situation even though closure is not definitely identified the first few airlines which i spoke those airlines came and left probably they were testing the waters but if you really look at the reason ones Uh, right from Kingfisher, Jet Airways, and now much spoken go first. They are all reputed airlines. They stabilized themselves. They proved they are running a good airline. They made the Indian community have hope on them, but they are gone. This is something which we have to really look at it from the. basic level what is the root cause or what are the various factors that influence this type of situations how many airlines have gone in the recent days i would say many uh, some airlines when they are coming up itself in the aviation circle we used to smile and say okay he's coming he'll be going but these airlines we never thought the reason is many fold i would say the first one i always think is it's even never you talk about the airline business people will talk about the deep packet you need tremendous money you need 
infrastructure and all this. And when an airline is not performing well, uh, the first culprit normally identified is the tax on aviation. Uh, the fuel prices are very high. Like that only we will start talking all the, you go to any conferences, any meetings or anything when you, where you evaluate an airline, uh, our fingers will normally go towards the taxes. So having spent nearly 50 years in this airline business, I always think, is it the taxes which are truly the root cause? So I always think why the situation happens. Is this only the taxes or anything? One of the reasons struck my mind is the lack of knowledge of the aviation business. You, you may ask me, sir, do, we don't have any knowledge. No, we have knowledge. There's a vast variance between knowledge and skill. Our airlines do have skill, but skill is required only in the finger levels in the airport, in the reservations area, on board for an in-flight. The skill is basically functional directly to the customers. But what you need is deep knowledge on the subject of airline. Do we have it? Sometimes I wonder, probably we not. Were we lacking aviation and airline knowledge? Definitely not. We were very strong in airline knowledge. If you go back to the history, many of the Middle East airlines, many of the Southeast airlines, airlines were built by Air Indians. That is, the, when I talk about Air Indians, those days the Air Indians, they had the knowledge to build various airlines in this part of the world. You can go back to the history, you will find it. Many individuals have contributed. That means the knowledge plays a very crucial role. I ask it myself when you ask me for this also, I ask you, how do I substantiate uh, the claim of knowledge in this uh, interview or in this episode? Even if you take Jetairways, Jetairways at one time, you all know, but the time of closure, everybody thought, it's a threat to the global airlines in the standards of operation, so on and so forth. But if you go back to the formation of Jet Airways, it is the traditional Air Indians who built Jet Airways. So the knowledge was there. When we have knowledge today, we have got very highly experienced or uh, well-positioned people today. They are there. I'm not trying to question or all those things. The, 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 the level of knowledge that is required to stabilize an airline the level of knowledge that is required to start an airline, both are different. We need knowledge to stabilize an airline. Why? Now, airline business is not a standalone business. Airline business is all not pushed or not formulated by commercial considerations alone. The market conditions, you try to talk about the market conditions, you create strategies to sell your product. No, that is secondary. An airline business is always pushed by regulatory framework. It's a regulation that runs the airline business. You see, what regulations we are talking about, we have got complaints in every business that we are doing. We have got tax regulations, we have got other regulations. Aviation regulations are totally different. A deep understanding of an aviation regulation is required. That's a knowledge that is required. You take an aeroplane, aeroplane cannot fly more than its hours. You take an engine, engine cannot be, engine should be changed after some hours. You take the tire assembly, the tires are to be changed after some time. General maintenance, so after so many hours of flying, these are to be checked. After so many hours, these other things are to be checked. 
A crew can fly so many hours. A crew cannot fly beyond these hours. A crew can make so many landings. A crew cannot make more than so many landings. This type of regulatory environment only controls the economics of airline business. In other words, uh, managerial uh, knowledge seems to be missing. Is, I, I see, would that be will, right to say? It will not be right on my part to say missing. Uh, certainly, it is not to the level that is required. Okay. Is, is this situation uh, something unique to India or uh, we see globally in other countries also some of this airline? In this airline business, some airlines coming and going takes place in other parts of the world also. We cannot just like that say it's an isolated one, only we are doing it. But the rate in which it is happening here is phenomenal. Okay. In the last 20 years. Okay. I was also going through what are the, there are a lot of failures here and there in the certain developing countries, uh, certain developed countries. We see, but the rate in which it is going on in the last 20 years, because ours is only uh, the open sky that is allowing everybody is 19, uh, 32 years old. In 32 years old, we have given a lot of average because the rate of collapse is quite high in India. Okay. Going by this uh, frequent uh, uh, packing of, wh what sort of image is Indian uh, aviation having uh, among the global investors and also lessers since uh, India's aviation is a lot dependent on the leasing companies. Uh. Yes, sir. The, the, see, definitely it takes a beating and especially in the recent case, if you really look at it, there appears to be some sort of jittery among the lessers because can they take their car back? You see uh, the taxiways in Chennai, you will find the aircraft parked for few years, not days, few years. Even recently, recent days also, we were seeing the NEPC Airlines aircraft in Chennai taxiway, when, uh, whereas NEPC has gone long years back. So it is definitely going to have an impact in the minds of lessers and investors. Whatever business is being done, it will certainly have. We can talk about it. We can say we have got uh, so many square feet of training space. We can say we are recruiting, we are hiring, everything. But the thing is, fundamental is to be handled for that. I, in my opinion, they need a very, very strong, uh, deep-rooted knowledge. i give you one example. Whenever a regulatory change comes, globally, all civil aviation authorities will place what you call it as NPR. What is NPR? Notice to public or rulemaking. They don't give the rules sitting from the ivory tower. They say this is the case. We want to do it like this. This is uh, controls we would like to introduce to have ensure safety. It's called the NPRM. Normally, the NPRM is given 30 days for the stakeholders to respond. Globally, I have seen, I have done, I have been participating in uh, FAA NPRMs or US, uh, CA UK NPRMs. I used to track it. A lot of people, all stakeholders, need not be airlines. Others also used to contribute and tell. Whereas in India, NPRMs do come. We see Notice to public on rulemaking on various regulations which are placed by the office of the DGCA quite frequently. But to what extent people participate and give their suggestions or opinions or objections, it's a matter of concern. Because uh, civil aviation authority does not accept something and keep quiet. Whatever comes, they place it on record. They say this came from them, this came from them, 
but this is accepted, this is not accepted, this is Amanda. But I, we don't see it. When I speak to some of the industry people, and they also say, yeah, yeah, it has come, sir, but we, are not, uh, we have nothing to say. I ask myself why they have nothing to say. Because probably the ability to understand the impact, the ability to see through your upcoming regulation is not in the minds of the people. This is what I meant as knowledge driven is very, very important. Uh, continuing with this leasing uh, of aircraft issue, uh, we don't have in India uh, leasing companies that are really big in nature. And uh, we are, in fact, even the government is trying to yeah, bring, yeah. Uh, attract probably a lot of uh, companies from abroad. But uh, that has not happened. Uh, what, what is your view? Is that we should probably have uh, more leasing companies in India uh, as Atmanirbhar, maybe for India kind of situation? I, I fully appreciate that question. Uh, let's take an example. Do airlines need to lease? Of course. When you start, you cannot block all your capital in some sort of high-value assets like aeroplanes, engines, so on and so forth. You need to lease. But how gradually we are going to migrate to ownership? That's a big question. How gradually? In five, so when we start with the two aeroplanes on lease, maybe after five years, we'll have one aeroplane on our own account, another five aeroplanes or 10 aeroplanes on lease. That's a, me that's a meaning in it. What is, the, uh, what, is the, what is the airline's policy to lease and to migrate to ownership? Not 100%, not possible. It's not required. That's one aspect. In leasing, what are the factors? We totally depend on foreign companies or foreign leases. What are the challenges in it? It makes the cost of leasing also unpredictable sometimes because of the fluctuating um, currencies, rate of exchange for the currency in which you get into. Second thing, Cape Town Convention is the basis and sometimes the lack of understanding of the provisions of the Cape Town Convention itself makes a problem. Whether the airplane can be taken out by them, whether they can register if you don't pay and all those things. So one of the best ways could be we develop a lot of national or desi leasing companies. That is people who are not directly related with the airlines, they get into the business of leasing aircraft. A good uh, initiative has been done in the gift city in Gujarat, which uh, many people are aware of it. So that the aeroplane is no man's land or it is, it is of uh, this. Because in the aeroplane industry, what happens? One is the state of the operator. Another one is the state of the registry. The third one is the bad, the aeroplane is given on lease. So various countries' regulations will conflicting impact in those agreements. The best thing is to create an Indian aircraft leasing or aircraft engine leasing framework so that people can do it on even rupee terms so that you are absolutely sure about your cost factors and you are on your one single legal framework. You get into one single legal framework, it solves a lot of problems. And that has to take place. Of course, the first step has been taken, give city, and they have done few, but majority of Indian aeroplanes are in the hands of foreign leasing companies. So the attempt should be to bring, the, the one way of giving some attempt or one way of supporting it, the government can come out with some sort of a 
leasing framework from indian companies with little more incentives so that uh, indian operators are uh, encouraged to take aeroplanes from indian leasing company if that happens you will find uh, that could be some sort of stability understanding and all those things this is my view so but uh, many uh, aircraft seems to be another issue uh, is there a combination of factors in terms of the aircraft itself we see uh, some have a bigger aircraft maybe the configuration of uh, aircraft for the indian conditions uh, does it make any sense uh, in these kind of small uh, airlines operating out of uh, india you it's a very pertinent question let us go back to jrd itself because everybody talks about jrd's air india today even though uh, none of the people who were actually involved in uh, that the aviation sector today have might not have seen jrd or might not have worked during the jrd times jrd had a very great concept when he was when air india was nationalized but he was a charter up to 6 hours of flight he had only one aeroplane called 707 beyond 6 hours of flight in 1971 if i'm not mistaken the 747200 classic came only two variants of aeroplanes what are the benefits in it everything uh, your training cost your deployment cost your inventory cost of the space everything is kept under control when you do not have a variety of aeroplanes in your fleet same thing you can see it in today's indigo indigo family has got only 320 you see the internal economies they can generate for operating one type of aeroplane whether it's a pilot training or a cabin crew training it is a seat or a door everything is standard your inventory cost comes down that is one thing we have to do some of the airlines have got variety of aeroplanes if you take a 737 some airlines have taken lease of all possible varieties available in the market okay so one thing they can do on that that will substantially give them control on the airline business you talk about configuration hmm. the configuration market decides the market condition decides for example some people have got business class premium economy and economy some people have got all economy that depends upon the business model and that will get quickly adjusted if one particular um, uh, com- uh, configuration doesn't pay well for them it's a commercial decision more than from the big managerial decision that's my feeling okay actually despite all this uh, we have to give credit to the aviation industry on the resilience part of it uh, even though there is a void created when uh, such airlines do close we always see some other coming up uh, and building for another say 5 6 years uh what do you see uh, kind of a trend that that, that that the thing is airline is a fascinating business everybody wants to start the airline business accepted very good but you tell me when an airline packs off who loses the money is it the promoter who is losing the money or the original investor who is personally losing lots of money it's the public money through backs so what happens other fellow other people also try to do Uh, the same but if you really see it is only cut and paste uh, cut and paste model of one airline to another airline who is actually losing in when a airline packs off i'm sorry it's the employees the employees salaries are not paid for 4 5 years 4 5 months the provident funds are not 
credited. You go to any packed airline, still there are people running on the roads not knowing. Because once you come to the airline business, as a typical airline guy, I can tell you, we become useless for any other industry to get an employment, decent employment. So what happens? The employees, when you go back to the leading airlines, the employees don't get the money. The employees are uh, still on the roads, which you know that we, we, we read in the newspapers. But who is losing the money is the bank. Banks are all secured, uh, uh, secured loads. So they sit and they discuss or whatever it is. Finally, it is the people who build that airline lose and they are on the street. But so far, that is that you will find many people coming. They will try to take the assets. Some assets are lying in this country for three, four years in the hope somebody will pick it up. Forget about the aeroplanes, high cost one, even the stepladders and buses and all those things. Every asset is lying in some corner of the airport. So that should be a system whereby quick monetization takes place. At least even the new airline is coming, we should have a provision to take all this material or something like that. Yes, in another two months time, you will find some, some I was yesterday told, uh, one airline which backed off two years back is likely to come back within 15, 20 days. That's what I was told. Hopefully it comes. Uh, finally, where does the government's role come in a situation like this? Uh, maybe that should be a better mechanism to uh, have a check and balance of all the adult airlines. Uh, we have not seen that happening. Uh, what's your view on this? We have got a fantastic regulatory oversight programs as far as the safety and security is concerned. We are far better than many of the countries in the world. But are we having any oversight program on financial health of an airline? My answer will be, sorry, we don't have. That is what is required. I, I was attending a uh, hotel management program a few years back in Hilton in the US. There they made one statement. When do you see that the airline, when do you see that the hotel is falling? And everybody said if the room uh, room occupancy comes down, this comes down, this comes down. That is a typical MBA approach. But it is not the figures that matter. Sometimes you will feel it. That, that facilitator said it. He said, when you enter your hotel, you enter your hotel room, if the white color satin of the room lamp has become yellow, that means the hotel is falling. Mm -hmm. Like that, in airlines, falling feelings come quite early. Early signals come. When, when vendors are not paid, when suppliers are not paid, when does it come to surfaces when employees? The first victim will be always um, oil suppliers, oil marketing companies, uh, aerodrome operators. When these are all coming, there should be an enforcement in this country, government enforcement to see what is the health of that airline. We cannot allow that airline to go on building uh, outstandings with every vendor. A small vendor like a printing guy or the hotel fellow who has given accommodation for the crew or the oil company or the aerodrome operators, uh, catering people, they build it. Finally, the employees also start contributing for that. They, they, their salaries are not made. It's too late. The moment one month payment is not done, whatever it is, government has to come with this thing. The financial health of the airlines, at least for another few years, we have to check it. We cannot just like that. It's after all a private sector. They have to manage it because they are burning the public money. So it is to be done, in my opinion. <laughs> because the rate of collapse is quite high in India. Okay.
Thank you. Thanks for joining Mr. Govindarajan. Thanks a lot. Thanks All a lot. Thank you very much.